Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Buenos dias. Como esta? So I have a New Year's resolution this year, guys. You're going to hold me accountable. By December, I will be fluent in conversational Spanish, okay? I'm on my eighth lesson, and uh, pretty much by July, all the messages will be in Spanish only, okay? That's my goal. Uh, but I'm, I'm super excited. But hey, it's 2022. Maybe you have some New Year's resolutions and some goals as well. And uh, it's just, it, it's, it's an exciting Sunday. And at the same time, doesn't it feel like we're living Groundhog Day? <laughs> you ever seen that movie? Like, just when is, when is this year end? And yeah, we turned the page on another year. But maybe for you, as you look at today and, and New Year's and, and the holidays, uh, it can be the same challenges, just a different date on the calendar. And what I found in my life is the calendar doesn't change me. Uh, time doesn't heal all wounds but rather Jesus does. Like going all in with Jesus, discovering this Jesus. I don't know if you've noticed this or not. I've, I've been aware of this as I've been in the stores. Uh, there's been a lot of like magazines that are highlighting Jesus lately. Have you seen that? Like, anybody ever been in the store? Like a Time Magazine, literally I was shopping this morning, growing, going into the store real quick, get something. And like Time Magazine, Jesus right there. Now, I don't know if he actually looked like that. It's like Leonardo da Vinci's version of Jesus, whatever. But still like, there he is, there's Jesus. And then another magazine was like women of the Bible. And I'm like, what is happening here? I think as a society, we're recognizing we need to know the one who made us, <laughs> right? Like we have so much confusion, so much chaos, so much wonder and curiosity and worry and doubt, and there's like these glimpses of like, who is Jesus? And my challenge to you and invitation to you today and this month specifically is this. What if you went all in with Jesus? Like, what if you made the decision, the Bible uses the word surrender. Like, what if you said, you know what, I've, I've known about Jesus, I've thought about Jesus, but I want to make the decision to surrender my whole life to him. How would your life change? Maybe for you, just being in church this morning is a massive deal. And, and like, this is huge. Like, you never thought you'd find yourself here in a church and you feel like, I don't know if I should be here. I don't know if God loves me. Uh, and hey, maybe you thought that the place was going to go up in flames when you walked in. Look, there's no smoke anywhere, okay? How cool is that? Like, you're here and here's what I want you to hear. God loves you. God is inviting you to go all in with his son, Jesus. What if you started this year saying, I'm surrendering? Maybe for some of us, we've been coming to church, we've been kind of reading the Bible, we've been praying on and off, but if you're honest, you've kind of went half all in with Jesus. Like, yeah, Jesus, you and Jesus, you're good on Sundays, just you don't know where he is and he don't know where you are, especially on Friday night. <laughs> It's just like, well, I'll take care of Friday night on Sunday morning. I'll talk about it with him then. What if you went all in, which means 24-7 saying, I'm surrendered to Jesus. How would your life be different? What would your life look like? I want to share with you five truths, and these aren't found in the Bible the way that I worded them, but we're going to discover them throughout this month in Scripture. 
But I believe that these are five truths that define the life of someone who goes all in with Jesus. And here's what they are. Because I've gone all in with Jesus, I pray first, scroll for truth, worship courageously, truly love people, and have hope. Okay, so if you've never taken notes before in church, this is a great Sunday to start. Maybe you want to take a picture of this or you want to write this down, but we are going to now declare these together and we're going to say these every single week and every Sunday in January, we're going to work through another truth that defines our lives. So say this with me, because I've gone all in with Jesus, I, let's say it together, pray first, scroll for truth, worship courageously, truly love people and have Okay, now I'm going to invite the rest of the room to join the three of us. Here we go. Because I've gone all in with Jesus. I, nice and loud, let's disturb Blaze kids on the other side of the wall. Pray first, scroll for truth, worship courageously, truly love people, and have hope. I believe that these five truths define the life of someone who goes all in with Jesus. Now notice there's not one truth up there that says never mess up. Perfect always get it right. That's, that's not a definition of someone who goes all in. To go all in with Jesus means I surrender my life to him and our lives change. And it's this beautiful process. We're going to start today with the first truth that's up there in yellow. Let's say it together. Because I go all in with Jesus, I what? Pray first. Pray first. So let me ask you this question. What is your first response to a negative situation? What is your first response when you receive news that's negative? News that you didn't plan for, that you didn't hope for, that you did not expect. How do you respond? We all know what it's like to receive negative news. Maybe for you during this holiday season, what you expected is not what happened. Maybe there's people in your life right now who are sick, who are struggling. Maybe it's you and financially there's hardship, physically there's hardship, relationally there's dysfunction, there's breakdown. Okay, when you receive that news, when you get that phone call, that text message, you read that post, what is your first response? And, and I think for many of us, the first response is this singular word, worry. Anyone ever worried before? Just me, the guy with the mic? <laughs> we've, all, we've all worried before. And that's a normal, natural first response. You get some news you didn't expect, and the first thing is, what are we going to do? How, how am I going to handle this? And we worry. Maybe that's not your first response. Your first response is like, flight or fight? No, I'm like fighting this thing. I'm going to plan. I'm going to strategize. I've got, I've got options here and I'm going to figure this out. I'm in control. And you assume a position of control. Maybe for you, a first response is you clam up, meaning nobody's talking to you. And if anyone tries to talk to you, you will beat them if you need to. You're just going to wallow by yourself. You're going to think about this. And you're going to figure it out. Or you don't clam up, you blow up and the whole neighborhood knows you're upset. Like they hear the door slamming and you're just, you're angry about it and you, and you blow up. I asked Cece, uh, my daughter, she's five. I said, Cece, what's the first thing you do when something bad happens? And she said, I call mommy or daddy. And I said, very good. I love that. Good job. 
And I kind of want to take that and, and invite you to make that your first response in a way. What's our first response when something bad happens? There's a principle in God's word that we see repeated over and over again. And here's how I worded it. Whatever you do first has the power to bless the rest. There's, there's this principle that we see in scripture that the first matters. God is constantly talking about the first, the first. And whatever we do first actually has the power to bless the rest. That's why we believe in the principle of tithing. Tithing is not simply giving. Tithing is saying the first that I have, I give back to the Lord. And we read that the first has the power to bless the rest. In fact, the early church once they formed as a church, they moved the Sabbath day to the first day of the week, Paul says in Corinthians. And suddenly the first day of the week, they would gather together like we are now. Why? Because the first has the power to bless the rest. So with that principle in mind, let me ask you again, what's your first response when something bad is happening? Is your first response blessing the rest? Or could it actually be bringing curses on the rest? And I don't know about you, but anytime my first response is worry, very rarely is the rest of the situation feel blessed. Like chaos and concern and doubt and fear and control start to come in because of my first response. So let's discover an all-in, better first response. And to do that, we're going to read just two verses this morning. But before we do, I want to give you some context. These verses are written by a man named Paul. Now, Paul was, in the first century, he formed many churches, and he was a believer and a Christian and went from persecuting Christians to surrendering his life to Jesus. And at this point in Paul's life, he is in prison for following Jesus. Like many of our brothers and sisters today around the world, literally imprisoned for following Christ. And what prison looked like for Paul is 24-7, he was chained to a Roman guard house arrest. Can't go anywhere without having someone chained to him. And what Paul does while he's in prison, since he can't visit churches, he starts writing letters to churches. And one of the churches he writes to is found in Philippi. Now, this church is facing their own form of persecution and opposition. They are feeling the oppressiveness of Rome against their faith. Uh, their church is not having unity. Paul writes about that. One of their leaders has died. Paul, their pastor, is in prison. So they've got a lot of hardships. And Paul writes the letter that we call Philippians. And do you know what the theme of the letter is? Worry. No, it's not the theme. Get upset. Take a stand. No, it's not the theme. The theme of his letter is choose joy. Rejoice. To which... You and I, and maybe the Philippian believers would say, Paul, choose joy? In the midst of all of this hardship? In the midst of all of my problems? You, you want me to choose joy? How can that possibly be my choice? And here's where we find that Paul gives us the first response in bad situations so that joy might be the outcome. And here's what Paul says in Philippians chapter four. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Let's read that together. Do not be anxious about anything. That's easy enough to follow. Close your Bibles. Let's go home. <laughs> I 
Come on, like, we read that and we say, uh, excuse me, Paul, have you put on the news lately? How could you possibly tell me, don't be anxious about anything? Because worry and anxiety is our normal, natural first response when there's hard things happening. And you're going to just sit there and, and say, oh, by the way, don't be anxious about anything. Like, where are you getting this from, Paul? To which I think if Paul was here and we said, where are you getting this from? His response would simply be, Jesus. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Oh, here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Don't worry. Be happy. I feel like we should sing that right now. Anybody want to join me? Come on. Jesus is, is saying, like, don't, don't be anxious about it. Paul is remembering the words of Jesus and saying, guys, don't forget, don't be anxious about anything. And this feels like, or at least it should to us, like an impossible command to keep. It, it should feel burdensome if we just read this on a screen and say, really? So now when hard things happen, because they will, I, I can't be anxious about it. I'm not allowed to worry about it. And, and that's exactly how religion would impose these words. A big do not with fear and guilt attached to it, if you dare do. And that's all we'll get if we don't keep reading. So Paul goes on and he says, do not be anxious about anything, but here's what you can do. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Paul doesn't just sit there chained to a Roman guard in prison, writing to a church facing opposition and simply say, hey guys, cut it out. Stop being worried. No anxiety. He says, don't be anxious. Why not, Paul? Because there's another better first response that you have because you're all in with Jesus. He says, instead, here's what you get to do. Prayer and petition and thanksgiving. Go to God. Like, Paul is laying out for us the choice that every single one of us have to make when we receive news that we didn't plan for, didn't hope for, that's negative, that's hard, that's bad. We can be anxious about it, worry about it, try to control the outcome, be filled with fear, or prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, bring it to God. And Paul uses three different words here, and I want to break them down for you. Maybe you're asking, like, okay, what is prayer? Like, we're hearing this word, but we need a good working definition of what prayer is. Pastor Timothy Keller says, prayer can be defined as a personal communicative response to the knowledge of God. And if that definition feels kind of lofty and weighty, it's very simply, he's saying it's personal which means this is not just us throwing words into the air, but rather we are connecting to a personal God. We're communicating and notice, he says, it's a response to knowing him. If you're struggling today with praying, I would ask you if you've gone all in with Jesus yet. Like, do you know him? As we believe what you saw on the screen and what's in the back on the wall, you were created to know God to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And if you don't know God, then prayer is going to feel like a burden instead of a blessing. 
It's going to feel really hard and really heavy to do when life gets hard. But when it's a personal response to knowing him, we see it, I'd say it this way, we see it in one word, connection. We're connecting to the God who made us the God who loves us, the God who says, come to me, all who are heavy burden, and I will give you, what does he say? Rest. Come to me. Bring it to me. That's what that second word is, the word petition. It actually means a heartfelt petition arising out of a deep personal need. We all know what it's like to have a deep personal need, especially if you're facing a very challenging situation that deep personal need. And Paul says, bring it to God. Petition him. And, and don't just bring your request. What's that last word? Thanksgiving, which is the word Eucharist, to give thanks. And so look at what this, this is prayer, according to Paul. Prayer is, it's a connection to God that rises out of a deep personal need. God, I need you and I'm giving thanks to you in this moment. Now, let me just create some clarity here. You're not gonna go to God and thank him for the situation that you're facing. God, I'm just so thankful that my car broke down. This is awesome. I'm so glad I lost my job and, and I'm struggling. No, no, we're not thanking him for, but scripture says we thank him in it. Like we have this peace. We have this joy to say, God, you've got a plan and this is, this is not your best for me. And I'm thanking you for what you are going to do through this. If you're familiar with the story of Joseph, he tells his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God used it for good. He gives thanks to God. And so we pray first. We pray. And here's what Paul says in the next verse. I love the way the message translation puts it. Very bluntly, it's going to offend all of us. Instead of worrying, Pray. Come on, isn't that great? Like, instead of worrying, pray. Right, what is the first thing that you do? And hear this, like, worry is normal. Worry is a normal first response in life. But understand, as people who have gone all in with Jesus, what do we do? We reject normal and we embrace kingdom. We say that might be the normal way to do it. If I didn't have a relationship with the God of the universe who has made me new, I'm an adopted child of God. The God of all creation is now my father. And so worry might be normal and natural, but not for a new creation. Instead, I'm gonna pray first. I'm gonna go to the God who knows me and loves me and has a perfect plan for my life. Instead of worrying, pray. Can I ask you this? Who here has ever just been so happy after they spent the day worrying. Oh, I feel so good now. I spent all day worrying. I lost sleep. I didn't eat. That was awesome. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Come on, we don't say that. We, we know that's not true. Guess who else knows that's not true? The one who made you. The God of the universe who sent his son to this world and Jesus' words were, do not worry. And yet we do. But we're invited to pray first. I love what Pastor Craig Rochelle says. If it's big enough to worry about, it is big enough to pray about. Come on, if we're gonna invest our lives and our nights and our days in worrying, you can invest that time in praying, in going to our God through prayer and petition and thanksgiving. 
And while worry doesn't produce anything worthwhile for our lives, here's what praying does produce. In the next verse, Paul says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Come on, say that word right there with me in yellow. It will what? Guard. So where was Paul when he wrote this? Do you remember? He was what? In prison. He was chained to a guard 24-7. I wonder if when Paul got to this part in his writing, he didn't stare off at that Roman soldier and just smile a little bit. It's like, oh, you're going to be a great sermon illustration. I've been chained to you every day, all day. And the same way that I'm chained to you, when I choose to pray first, God will literally chain his peace around my heart and my mind. Man, get that visual this morning. In fact, the word that Paul uses for guard is the exact same word for military guard that he writes there. So he's, he's literally saying this. When we choose to pray first, God's peace, and remember, we learned about his peace two weeks ago. It's the word shalom. It's complete, perfect, whole, lacking nothing. That peace literally becomes a soldier that protects our whole lives, protects our heart, where our will, our character is, our minds, our souls. Everything about us is suddenly chained to the peace of God which means when Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world, means that when we face negative moments and bad situations, there is a peace of God that goes beyond understanding that guards us. Guards us from what? Worry. So suddenly, I go to God and I'm praying and worry can't even get close to me. So I want to give you a great prayer to start with this week, especially if you are facing challenges. And it's simply this, Father, I want to worry, but I'm choosing to pray first. That's a full prayer. Hey, hey God, I'm, I'm, I want to worry. It's, it's an honest prayer. I want to worry right now. Worry would be a normal, natural response, but instead I'm going to pray first. I'm a new creation in Jesus. I've gone all in. I've surrendered. I want to connect with you out of a deep personal need and give thanks to you. How different would tomorrow be if that was your first response? How different would your life be if you said, because I've gone all in with Christ, I have the blessing of praying first. Now, this feels like something easy to do and remember when we're in this setting, but how do we remember this tomorrow, Wednesday, throughout our week? And so I'm real excited we have for every single one of you, including the kids on, in Blaze Kids, these Pray First bracelets. And so maybe you saw them when you came in. We had a basket there. If you didn't, take one or two or however many you need. You load up your whole arm like you don't understand how bad this is, man. I'm just going to cover it. Right, grab, this is, and all this is is just, it's a reminder. It's like something physical to just remember, like, okay, I just got news that, you know, my, my car's not working. Okay, I want to worry. Snap that thing. Now, don't do that. Behavior shaping with worry. Like, hey, just gonna, hey, I want to worry, but uh, I'm going to pray first. I'm going to pray first. And my prayer is going to be as short and honest and real as it needs to be in that moment. God, you knew this was happening, and, and I'm just trusting you right now. May your peace guard my mind and my heart. You start to pray scripture. 
That's why it's so important that we know God's word. So to declare the promises of God. Psalm 91, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Isaiah, like, we just want to declare these things and watch worry disappear. Pray first. So this is for you to start building a new first response in this new year. Now, as a church, we're going we're gonna to kickstart this thing like we do in January with what we call 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting. So starting next Sunday, January 9th, is going to begin a season here at Blaze Church of 21 days of prayer and fasting. And if that feels daunting, you're saying there's absolutely no way I can do that for 21 days, I want you to know a couple things. One, you're not doing it on your own. You have a Blaze family that is doing this with you. We're, we're all going to journey together, and, and we've got resources to equip every single person. So blazechurch.org slash 21 days or slash prayer slash fasting. Anything will get you to the resources that we have. There are sermon series up there about what prayer is, what fasting is. There's booklets up there on how to pray. Uh, There's what types of fast there are. And here's my encouragement to you. In some way, connect with God more than you ever have this month. Take a step to connect with him during these 21 days days. I don't know about you, but like the holidays are great, but they also like tend to throw off normal rhythms. Like I've eaten more truffles in the past 48 hours than I ever have all year. Like I could polish off a bag of those lint truffles, like no problem. Okay, I need 21 days to come and reset what's going on here. And and I want to just briefly explain fasting to you from a spiritual lens. What what is fasting? And here's like the best explanation that that I really love. Prayer connects us to God. And here's what fasting does. Fasting disconnects us from the world. So prayer connects us to God. That's how we're connecting. And what fasting does is it disconnects us from the world. Here's some things that fasting is not. Fasting is not punishing yourself because God wants you to suffer. Fasting is not a form of... uh, Getting your wish granted. Well, if I fast, God will be so impressed and he'll finally give me the million dollars I've been praying for. Okay, that's not the purpose of fasting. Here's what fasting is. Fasting is saying I'm not gonna be involved in that for a season. I'm I'm just, I've been too connected to the world. And so I'm gonna gonna disconnect and and share a little bit my experience. Like starting yesterday, I didn't even wait for 21 days because I know how jacked up and connected I am to the world. Deleted Instagram, deleted Facebook, just a okay, social media gone for this season. Just want to disconnect from the world. You might say, well, how does like fasting food disconnect me from the world? Here's how. You try going a few meals without food and see what wells up in you. We call it hanger, Okay. That, that's the stuff that God's saying, okay, I want to put my finger there and I want to produce my spirit. I want to disconnect you from the responses of the world. I, I, want, I want you to be connected to me. Uh, listen, go to blazechurch.org slash fasting and here's why we're talking about this today because this week you need to make a plan. You, you can't just kind of like go into it next Saturday night, eating Doritos up to 11.59 and be like, okay, I'm good to go. Let's start this thing. Like, I promise you, you will fail by breakfast time. Like, that, I've been there, done that, speaking from experience. You need to take this week. Now, you get to 
pray and connect with the Lord and say, okay, God, what are you calling me to give up for a season so that I might connect with you? Maybe God's gonna impress on your heart to give up breakfast. Just start there. During that time, you're just more conscious of his presence, more connection with him. Blazechurch.org slash fasting. There's a whole lot of resources for you. We talked about Paul being in prison and how he was writing to the church on what to do. There was a moment where Peter, just shortly after Jesus ascended to heaven, was put in prison. Now you gotta think, the church is just getting started and Peter, like, a pillar of the early church is in prison. What are they going to do? Like, how is this going to work now that Peter is in prison? How should the church respond? We read in Acts chapter 12. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church worried about him so much. Say that. But the church kind of gave up and felt like, I guess we're never going to make it now. Peter's gone. No, scripture says the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And that phrase, earnestly praying, as I read that this week, I really sensed the Holy Spirit saying, that's what I'm calling Blaze Church to do this month. Earnestly pray to God. And I'm inviting you to join us here. Earnestly pray. Get the bracelet, get online, make a plan, connect with people here, And next Sunday, we're going to start 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to have special services during those 21 days that you'll hear about of how we can come together and connect. But I'm telling you, this just, I look forward to this. It's really just such a great way to just focus on the Lord as we start another year. I want to pray for you now, and then we're going to respond with one more worship song. So would you bow your heads as I pray? Father, I thank you so much for your word and how encouraging and inviting you are that you look at us and you see us running around worrying and your invitation comes, do not worry, pray. Lord, I pray that as we hear those words today, our hearts are moved to seek you out of a deep personal need, to give thanks, to have that personal connection with you in response to knowing your goodness. I pray that this week as we begin to think and plan and read and consider and be still how you're calling us to pray and fast that we hear your voice, Holy Spirit. I pray that we go all in with you, that we surrender every part of our lives to you, that we hold back nothing, that we experience and embrace your good plans for our lives plans to give us a hope and a future, to prosper us, to bless us, all that is found in the cross of Jesus. We love you, Lord. As we're praying, maybe this morning for you, you'd be honest, you've never gone all in with Jesus before. You've never made a decision to surrender your whole life to him, to say, Jesus, I recognize that I can't save myself and that you love me and that you have a good plan for me. And today I'm surrendering to you. If today you want to be saved, have your sins forgiven, be made new, then we are gonna pray as a church and I'm inviting you to pray with us to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. As a church, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus died and rose again so I could be forgiven 
thank you for new life. Today, I surrender mine. I'm going all in with you. I'm being made new. In Jesus' name, amen.